Welcome into the Yachts and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel on the show as always. And today we are back. Thank you for the little hiatus. Uh, we needed to take a quick break, but hey, it's the perfect time to jump back in because uh, recruiting is open and every program out there for every sport is just going like a, you know, they are like their hair's on fire, basically. Uh They've got a ton of work to do. They've got a ton of ground to make up. Uh, and we're, we have it all covered on duckterritory.com. So highly encourage you guys to go check that out. Uh, we've got visitor lists and all of that uh, loaded up on the site for football, for men's and women's basketball. We've got you all covered. And on today's show, uh, we are going to run through the three big sports, football, men's and women's basketball, all three of them are gearing up for huge recruiting weekends. They are going to have some of the best players in the country on campus, and we're going to break it all down here on the podcast. We'll, we'll cover football, we'll cover, and then we'll cover uh, men's and women's basketball. And, Eric, I think we should start with uh, the women's basketball program. And Oregon head coach Kelly Graves, he's reloaded his roster with assistant coaches. Uh, he is now going to try and reload his roster even more with some transfers that are going to be on campus, but also it's going to be an important week from a, from a high school recruiting perspective of trying to impress and potentially maybe even land a couple verbal commitments. Maybe it's not this weekend, but land some commitments from some of the best high school players in the country. Yeah, this is a huge weekend and long time coming for, for all three sports, as you said, Matt, because the entirety of the 2021 recruiting classes were done basically with no one being on campus. Um, that goes for basketball, that goes for football, that goes for all the other sports that we're not talking specifically about today. Like This has been a very long time that they've been able to host people on campus and, and really pitch with the, you know, the, the, and I think for women's basketball, like in terms of you think about where the program was at the last time they could host players and where they are now, it's such a different place. And the momentum they may or may not have lost to a certain degree in 2021 because of the lack of recruiting. Um, you know, the, the last time that they could host recruits, I remember it, uh, you know, or, you know, February, March of, of 2020, this was a program that was headed for national championship and big things. And so now they've kind of had to buy their time in terms of being able to host players. And, and now this is their opportunity. And so, you know, five players on campus this week, they're going to be players later. Um, a couple of unofficial visitors also on campus uh, now and throughout the, the course of the month of June, but to start four big time prep recruits and a fifth player being a big time USC guard in India, India Rogers, um, five big time players on campus for the ducks starting now <laughs> we're recording this on June 1st. Those players are all arriving right around now. They'll be here for the next couple of days. And this is really, really big because Oregon has yet to really hit, you know, anything in 2022 in that recruiting class in 2021, they signed a couple of players. They've since the end of the 2020, 21 season uh, added a couple of transfers, a couple of grad transfers, a couple of, well, I guess just one player from the JUCO ranks. Now they are trying to really solidify the roster long-term, and it starts this week in Eugene with, again, about a handful of players being on campus. I think in, in Dia Rogers, while she, it's tough to understand the pecking order and of current college player to five-star, you know, 2023 player or 2022 player. Sure. Um, it's it's very difficult to make you know they're, they're apples and oranges essentially, but 
I, Eric, I kind of think Rogers might be the most important player on campus in the next couple of weeks because she's played at a high level before and had really good success. I mean, she, she is a, a two year starter, if I'm right, uh, for USC. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. what's awesome about her situation is she's got three years left to play if she wants. And it's not like uh, a couple years ago when they went out and, and landed Minyan Moore, which was a huge addition. Um, right. But Minyan Moore, it was like you knew, hey, this is a one-year run. Let, let's let's go for it all. We're all in. There's a chance if Rodgers picks Oregon, like she could be a multi-year player for Oregon. And she's she's almost scored a 1,000 points in her first two years of, of basketball. And this past year – she averaged over four assists a game and looks to be a player that that's at least an upgrade from what they had defensively the last couple of years at the guard or at this past year at the guard position too. Uh, I think she's a huge, huge piece to this puzzle if, if they can get her. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how the backcourt shakes out with that addition, right? You think about losing three players this offseason because there weren't simply enough minutes. You add Rodgers in the mix. And again, this is just the way it works out. They're probably going to be some players that I'm not guaranteeing that they add Rodgers players transfer and probably not right away. But like you, that, like you said, Matt, that's a long-term piece. That's not a one-year right. gap player. That's not Mi- Mignon Moore, like you said. That's a player that could, in theory, be at Oregon for three years. And that's the same amount of time a lot of other players in this team approximately have as well. So their timeline for being here is, would line up, and that would indicate that in theory, like, hey, if you want to be a starter and Rodgers is here the same amount of time you're here, maybe you look around. So I think it's kind of interesting that they take a look at her. I think that speaks to her caliber and yeah. what they think she could provide because I don't think you make that addition if you think that scares off a Maddie Shear or a Sydney Parrish or whoever you think it might have impacts with. I also think it's like interesting thinking again, and she hasn't committed yet. She has to go through her visit. She's also looking at Arizona. Those are her final two. Um, she visits the Wildcats sometime next week, I think. So there's going to probably be a dec- decision sometime in the next sometime in June. I, I assume we'll have a, a, a very clear picture of things with her. Um, but if she does pick Oregon, I, I kind of think that the fit with pow pow in the backcourt is really interesting. Um, those are two guards that are pretty similar in size and, and maybe similar in skill set. Um, Pow Pow, better offensive scorer, at least as a shooter. But uh, no, it's, it's, it would be a very interesting addition given what Oregon has lost this last offseason, but also like I think defensively would be a huge upgrade. And maybe that's kind of the thought process behind that is you bring in a veteran presence, like you said, who's had some experience three years. She can really defend as well. So um, I agree. Rogers is the one probably just to know because of the immediacy of it. Um, the other recruits on campus are big time players. A couple yeah, of five. Yeah, it's not trying to diminish them at all. I mean, you yeah. got two five stars on campus. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to run through who else will be here for those listening that are, are, are maybe haven't checked it out. Maybe those who aren't usually as big on women's basketball recruiting. Um, Chance Gray is is one of the top players in the class of 2022. She's a five star guard from the state of Ohio. Um, seventh best player in the country, second best point guard. This would simply be like a big, big time addition. And again, this is 2022. Point guard with combo game skill. Exactly. I think she could play on ball, off ball, probably be pretty successful either way. Uh, Grace Van Sluten, another five-star. She's from also from the state of Ohio. I think similar a little bit to Angela Dugalich in terms of her skill set. She's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, can play forward, can play a little bit on the perimeter. Um, versatile offensive player can shoot it, can drive, can do, do a lot of the similar things. I think Dugalich was being counted on for. So this is like 
I know it's a couple years down the line, so they're not like identical replacements, but maybe kind of a player you think of in that light. And then a couple of four-star recruits from the state of Arizona, um, Jenna Asai and Kennedy Basham. Asai is, is a combo guard, probably more of a two or a three than she is a one uh, at five foot 11. And Basham is six foot seven, can shoot the ball with some range. Um, definitely very slight of frame, but a pretty high end prospect herself. Both those players, top 30 recruits nationally. So you, you talk about four players being here, prep recruits, four really, really good players and four players Oregon would frankly love to add. And the momentum from, again, I, I don't want to harp too much on this because we're looking forward rather than the past, but I think you do look back at 2021. I know the scholarships weren't going to be massive anyway, but you just kind of think they only landed kind of one marquee recruit in Taylor Bigby. I know Filipina Che is a project, but she's definitely an exciting player. I think you, you hope that 2022, you're able to kind of continue this momentum of signing big time recruits because you saw, right. I think you saw that slip a little bit this last off season for, for a variety of reasons, frankly. Yeah. And I, I just think this is a huge weekend for the women. Kelly Graves has reloaded his staff with a couple new assistant coaches, uh, Jamie Naird Hairston and also Mike Moser. Um, they've added a couple pieces from a recruiting transfer perspective to the roster. They've signed them already. Um, yep. and, and now it's, can you top things off with adding Rogers and can you beat out Arizona? Um, I'm curious if down the road, if we learn, um, did Jamie Naird Harrison, did, did, did she play a role in recruiting Rogers to Arizona? And does that help Oregon? Does that hurt Arizona or what's the dynamic there? And then also, like you said, can you get back into that, that mojo that you were in from a recruiting perspective, from a prep level of landing some of the best players in the country and Van Sluten and gray would, Eric, it feels like they, those are like program changing players, um, that, wherever they go, not just at Oregon, but it really, you know, outside of UConn, it really would, they would elevate basically every other program out there. Um, and so can Oregon get one, can they get two? Um, and then who else can they, can they add? And how many of these right. players that are going to be on campus give verbal commitments? Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the women's side with this. Do you expect any possibility of a verbal commitment shortly after this this week of visits happens i think i think there's a decent i think there's a pretty good chance that they land at least one commitment um again it's a weird dynamic where i think a lot of these players have been waiting to get on campus yeah just to kind of get a feel for where they feel like is a good fit and of course we should know this is also going to be the first visits for a lot of these players right or Oregon, the benefit of going first is hey you get to make the first impression sometimes the negative is you don't get the last word in terms of official visits so I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon lands a commitment from maybe one of these preps right away. I think obviously Rogers is still going to check out Arizona. So I, I wouldn't expect anything there um, like immediately after this weekend, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone lands a commitment just because or if they land a commitment from one of these players, just because there, there is a lot of history with all four of them and the program. I think it's been wanting to get them on campus at the same time. There's, there's also the reality that they're going to look at other schools. So I think, I think if Oregon can blow away somebody, They'll, they'll land one or two maybe, but I also think there's a possibility that, that this is a slower burn and, and we don't hear anything until maybe the end of the month or, or maybe even into fall. Women's head coach Kelly Graves isn't the only head coach on the hardwood that's going to have a big recruiting weekend. And that's Dana Altman and the men's team. Um, this is, uh, this weekend is massive for the women and it's also massive for the men's side as well, because uh, starting right about now, when you listen to this show, they are going to have some of the best players nationally and also locally 
it's, it's funny how that's going to work out um, on campus for official or unofficial visits. And it, it's a, it's a list of about four guys. And it starts with a guy that's from Westland high school, which is a very familiar place. If you're an Oregon duck fan, that's where Peyton Pritchard went on to win four state championships and create a, a legacy where he was viewed as one of the most successful prep players in the state of Oregon. He signed with the Ducks, and now he's playing for the Boston Celtics. The next kind of guy coming through that area is Jackson Shellstead, uh, a 2023 player. He does not have an Oregon offer from the Ducks at this time. I don't expect us being able to say that for a very long time. Uh, he's going to get an offer. It, mm-hmm. it probably comes this week, if I'm being honest with you. Well, um, and he, he is the next elite point guard to come out of the Pacific Northwest, um, Arizona state, Houston, Washington state, and seven other D one schools have already offered him a scholarship, even though he's yet to play his junior year of high school. And then just look at, you know, the types of guards and the talent. Look, we joke a lot about Bobby Hurley at ASU, but from a pure individual talent perspective, they yeah. have guards and, Houston just made the final four and Calvin Sampson does not offer you a scholarship if you cannot be a lockdown defender. Um, So this is going to be a big time player. Oregon's getting their chance to host him for an unofficial visit. It's going to be his first, I think it's actually his second visit on campus. He was able to come as a freshman um, before COVID hit, but huge opportunity for, the men's side to make a really big early impression on Jackson Shellstead, but then probably the biggest recruit to come through state of Oregon the last five or six, seven years, which says something because Oregon signed Nathan Biddle this past year, yeah. a five, a five-star in his own right. Uh, but that's 2023 five-star Mookie cook from Jefferson high school. Uh, huge news. He's on campus as well this weekend for an unofficial visit and I think, Eric, you asked this question on Mailbag early on. Like, how did Tony Stubblefield's departure kind of impact Oregon? This was probably one of the players he had the best, one of the better relationships with. Stubbs was in charge of recruiting Cook. Uh, assistant coach Kevin McKenna has picked up the mantle. And, is, uh, and it, it, it feels like, from what I've been told, no lost steps. They, they, they have no ground to make up. And it's now can Oregon maybe pull away from the rest of the group that's recruiting him. And it's everybody. Um, and so this is a huge weekend to get Milky Cook on campus uh, for an unofficial visit. Is there concern about them going pro, though? You, you put all the work in and then he yeah. goes pro, right? I mean, I think that's a concern. But this is like we talked about this. I forget which podcast was. It was a mailbag question. Somebody asked about Cook, and it's 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 very infrequent that Oregon has had a player of this caliber in their backyard. Obviously, you yeah. mentioned Biddle, you mentioned Pritchard, but like going, you have to go back. I think to Kevin Love to have a recruit with about the same re- recruiting ranking as Cook, and that's like fifteen. That was my senior year of high school. That ages me a little bit. It's about fifteen years ago. Um, that's significant, and and I, I get excited just as somebody who lives in a state when there's a player of this caliber who's out there and, and who you know you turn on the tv and you watch the nba playoffs and you get to see a peyton pritchard or yeah. dylan brooks from oregon you think about somebody who's homegrown from the state and i know kevin love was that for a while he's not playing right now but like that, that there's, there's a different feel for it when it's somebody who comes from and represents your home state so yeah. 
that would be an, a, a really interesting uh, recruitment to follow. And obviously, if you're an Oregon fan, you, you hope that a kid of that caliber sticks around and doesn't go elsewhere. I, I do worry about the, the, the going pro part because you're seeing that become so much more um, prevalent these days with these kids joining these G League elite teams. Yeah, it's certainly um, something to monitor. But he has kind of come out and said that he's leaning towards playing college. Like – He's not necessarily out there and saying he's 100% going to go the college route, but it's right now it's leaning. I want to go more to, to college and I want to you know go through that direction because we are starting to see Eric, like more and more guys go pro, yeah. but we're also seeing some of these guys that have come through like significantly drop off on the draft board after not playing college basketball. Like Deshaun Nix is, is I, I think the most recent one. Um, he signed with UCLA and then the G league ignite in like July or August gave him a contract offer. And he, he took it instead of going to, to UCLA and he was like a lottery pick going into his, what would have been his freshman year. And then he dropped all the way off to like a mid to late second round pick this this upcoming draft so it, it's it's that weird line we saw it when high school players could declare for the nba and you know a lot of guys went out early and a majority of them didn't didn't make it and then it, you know the numbers each year kind of got, got shorter and shorter of how many guys would go from directly from high school to pro and so i think we'll see something similar to that but yes i think there is you do have to worry does mookie cook don't uh, does he does he bypass college and go directly to the G League? But I think he's so good that it's worth the effort. Yes, you <laughs> you have to you have to do that. Um, you have to go out and recruit this guy, and they're not just recruiting Mookie Cook from Jefferson High School. Um, they're also recruiting his high school teammate, who's a two a two sport star, Lamar Washington. We've talked about him also on the podcast a couple times. Um, this is a guy that could play football or could play basketball. And the kind of the decision that he makes kind of will dictate what schools will, will offer him. From a football perspective, USC, UCLA, Nebraska, Cal, uh, they've all offered him – Oregon State, they've all offered him scholarships for football. And from a basketball perspective, Oregon State, TCU – uh, I think every low major school out West has offered him a scholarship. The high majors, Oregon being kind of one of them, are waiting to see what he does before they go in. If he wants to play football, then that goes, you know, his, his, the, the, the power five basketball schools will stop recruiting him. Oregon's perspective, it looks like at least, is they're going to be treating him as if he's a basketball player too. And it wouldn't surprise me if he gets an offer from the men uh, here in the next couple of weeks because he's a talented dude and he looks like a football player that's playing basketball. But it, it uh, he reminds me a little bit of Elgin Cook. And he Elgin Cook went down as one of the best players to play at Oregon in the last 12 or so years. And you, you get Lamar Washington, a six foot four, like 215 pound dude that's uber athletic, very physical. I mean, you can make, you can make some damage with a Lamar Washington on your basketball program. We'll see what happens there. 
We haven't even gotten to the official visitor yet, and that's Ramel Lloyd, uh, a 2022 four-star top 70 player on campus this weekend for an official visit, his first visit. And, Eric, I'll end it with this. If there is a guy that could could maybe commit, it might be Ramel Lloyd. He's he's going to make an announcement for sure on the 24th of June. Um, This might be a case in which – Oregon could maybe lock things up before he goes public with that commitment three weeks later. And, and I think I've watched a little bit of Lloyd. I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. I, I think that he fits again. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when Gary committed, but like he just fits that versatility of a player that can probably play two or three positions for Oregon. And I think that's really attractive. And, and, and frankly, that's attractive for everybody, but you get guys that are yeah six, five to six, 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 seven, that can play a bunch of different spots that can score a couple of different ways that can defend at a high level. And I think it's, Again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not breaking <laughs> breaking too much here by saying that like it's pretty clear I kind of player Dana Altman likes, and I think Lloyd really fits yeah. into that. So from a fit perspective, this would be a, a really natural addition towards the program because, again, you get a guy who can play like two to three different spots. I just think that benefits you a ton when you're trying to build rosters, especially with how chaotic things get with the portal. You get somebody that you can kind of rely on for two to three seasons to play a couple different positions. I think Lloyd's kind of that kind of guy. I, I think it's a really attractive place to start this 2022 class. Altman's like preferred wing is like a six 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 seven guy, six five, that can guard point guards, but also have the ability to guard power forwards. And we saw that last year with Duarte, Amarui, Figueroa, Eric Williams. We're gonna see it again this year with Eric Williams, Quincy Guerrier, um, Will Richardson, and the list goes on and on. And Ramel Lloyd is just that next group. Uh, you know, one of the younger guys that Oregon's recruiting that will fit that trend and, and can give you that versatility that he so de- so eagerly desires to have on his roster and so it's made them so good. Football, Mario Cristobal, probably the best recruiter at Oregon, right? Like among the head coaches. I think it's, it's some really good competition, but yeah, I'd probably give him the edge right now. It's really Kelly Graves deserves to be in the conversation, but boy, that Mario Cristobal's certainly proven he can do uh, do quite a bit. <laughs> and the football program this weekend that they they are kicking up like they were never off. You know, they they too dealt with the fifteen month hiatus of no recruiting, um, and they're picking it up this weekend with eight known official visitors on campus this weekend. I can guarantee you they're going to be dabbling a little bit with Lamar Washington as well. When he makes that unofficial to check out the men's side, they'll be, they'll make sure to at least bump into him uh, for, for the unofficial visit as well to make sure football is in there as well. But eight known at this time, official visitors, two of which are commits. And I think that's the important thing to start with. Uh, Stefan Johnson and Landon Hullaby, two guys from the state of Texas and two guys, Eric, when they kind of verbally committed, it was like, oh, boy, like, good gets, but they've never been here before. Are they going to be able to hold on to their commitments when the in-state schools come calling, which has now happened? I think this is an important weekend for Oregon to get these guys on campus. And not that there was any concern, but just reconfirm their verbal commitment and remind them why they're here and keep them part of the, of the class so that they don't flip to an in-state school and they don't have that temptation 
to to go out and and officially visit Texas or to go to Texas A&M or check out TCU or drive up to Oklahoma and and check out the Sooners and instead, you know, keep them locked in and, and home with the Ducks. Makes a lot of sense to bring them in together. Yeah. Um, regardless of what sort of past relationship they have, it's my understanding that they, they do have a relationship, but like if just hypothetically, I, I know a couple of cycles ago, like they Oregon recruited DJ James and Triquez Bridges and Jamal Hill, all from the start, same part of the country. I know a couple from Alabama, a couple from Georgia, but, um, but that was really smart because you get these kids from the same part of the country together. They get, they, they can arrive and kind of figure out what it would be like to be in, in this place, but not by themselves. Couple kids from Texas, you do that, and we should also know, and we'll get to that. We'll get to this in a second. Oregon also bringing in a couple of players from that state as well yeah. this weekend that are uncommitted. I think the combination of having some commits, but also some familiarity from a regional perspective, um, certainly doesn't hurt. And again, I think it's important for the. And I think we'll see this throughout these these next couple of weeks here, um, but to, to have some guys that are committed on campus to mm-hmm. act as kind of additional salespeople, additional yes. people that are committed and can kind of, you know, be like, Hey, isn't this pretty great? This is why I came here. I don't think that hurts. And so you, you, you bring those guys in obviously a to solidify their commitment, but you also bring them in because you think their commitments are solid enough that they're going to be, you know, kind of extensions of the, of the staff in terms of communicating with these recruits while they're here. So um, a couple of benefits for sure. And I just want to know, it's so weird that they're hosting official visits in the, in the middle of June, but like, or early June, but Hey, that's where we're at. And I, I think this is a good place to start in terms of the state of Texas. You've got a couple guys there. They're bringing in a couple other commitment or uh, uncommitted players from the state as well. Also on campus this weekend for Oregon football, two four-star top 100 guys, Cyrus Moss, I think is, the highest rated four-star player in the country. He's one, he's 26 nationally, one spot behind uh, the, the lowest rated five-star player. So he's almost a five-star defensive end. He's an edge prospect, but Oregon's being recruiting him as a, as a D end out of the Vegas area, Bishop Gorman high school, um, four-star linebacker, Jalen Sneed from South Carolina. He's also here for an official visit. I, I think Moss is probably the more likely candidate to go down the path and give a verbal commitment to Oregon. Sneed seems destined to go to Notre Dame. Um, he's visiting the, the Irish on the 14th of June. I think he's got a couple other visits locked up, but his crystal ball is 100% training towards Notre Dame. Oregon actually leads for Moss in the crystal ball as well. Uh, there's aren't There aren't nearly as many casts for Moss as there are for Sneed, but I think – things are projecting and trending that way where if Moss was to give out a verbal commitment in the next two or three months, it's probably going to be for Oregon. And he's enamored with Kayvon Thibodeau. And so if you're Oregon, A, you want to make sure Kayvon Thibodeau is on campus. You want to let them meet. And B, you really want to showcase Kayvon Thibodeau's ability when Moss is here through film room. And then, you just keep sending him clips of Kayvon Thibodeau as the season progresses and gets going, and he starts making his plays and says, hey, Kayvon Thibodeau's gone after this year. You're coming in as a true freshman. Nice, easy slide. You just take his spot. The comparisons are, 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 are pretty astounding, I think, between yeah. the two. I think they're really similar players, and I, uh, Thibodeau gets the edge just because of the recruiting ranking where he was at before. I think he's maybe a little bit more athletic, a little bit more fast twitch, but they're very similar in terms of their build and how they play. Um, Moss is somebody that I don't know if he like steps in immediately in 2022 if he commits and starts, but like you're right, he fits 
to a T basically what they have in Kayvon Thibodeau and obviously needs to add some weight, 6'6", 220, but you get his body to the same spot. And I think you have a kind of a similar player. Yeah. I'm not setting the expectation that if he commits to Oregon, he becomes KT right away, but borderline five-star might end up being a five-star when all said and done. And somebody who certainly checks a lot of boxes that are very, very similar to what KT does um, for Oregon right now. And this is just the start really for Oregon football. Um, over the next month, we know men's and women's basketball are going to have, you know, a handful of players roll through and, you know, they'll probably have some five stars roll through, but from a football perspective and granted there's more roster spots to recruit. And so that sure. naturally make thing makes things bigger for them. Um, their visitor list for the month of June is absolutely stacked. I mean, every, it seems like almost every day, after this coming weekend, there's going to be at least one player on campus at all times. And so I highly encourage you guys to go check out duckterritory.com because it's going to be a busy month for this staff. And it starts off this weekend with two verbal commitments, two top 100 guys, a couple four-star offensive tackles, a four-star linebacker from Alabama, TJ Dudley, uh, one of the top defensive linemen out West and Sir Mills from Nevada who backed off his verbal commitment to Washington like one or two days after Oregon offered um, that could give you maybe read the tea leaves a little bit there. That gives you an inkling of his perspective on Oregon. And, and I kind of think Eric, like you watched his tape a little bit and he's like one of the most, he's a three-star player, but I think he has to be one of you know the guys that Oregon has to get in this class because his talent doesn't come around that often out West. At his well, a, I was just going to say he's a huge interior defensive lineman. And where do PAC 12 schools have the most difficulty? It's finding those bodies. And the fact, I mean, uh, just be frank. I mean, Washington's had a lot of success with those types of players. The fact that they found Mel's and thought he was somebody they wanted to build around their class, got to come in early, I think speaks for itself. Um, but this, you're right. This, you watch him six, four, three, ten. the athleticism, it's a guy who could who could come in and, and certainly be an impact player for Oregon. Maybe not like immediately, but down the line for sure. I think the upside is really significant. It's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audibles podcast. Again, remember to check out DuckTerritory.com. We're going to have a, a ton, a ton of information throughout the month and also this week on uh, Oregon recruiting for all three teams, men's and women's basketball, the football program, uh, we're also running a 60% off an annual membership, which highly encourage you guys to take advantage of if you're not, or upgrade if you can. If you're a VIP month-to-month subscriber, upgrade to 60% annual. Um, highly encourage you to do that as well. Um, until we talk again, you've been listening to the Ots and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks.